morning, officers. Which are the second team? We're the first team. Yeah, we're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. Taylor and I try to make sense of one of the all-time strangest track meets either of us have ever seen. Thanks to Franklin Central for hosting the Flashes Showcase. Too many different drops to name, but let's hit some of them. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right, Colin and Taylor, we're going to talk about the Flash's showcase yesterday. I'm still trying to process what happened, so maybe this will help us to figure it all out it this meet had everything taylor hurricane like winds hail perfect conditions a craziest race i could remember in a long long time yep and uh and we were there and we coached some of the kids that did pretty well we did that was a lot of fun i what was the weirdest part of the meet to you well, I mean, we can get into the. You got a lot to choose from. Yeah, the the fastest uh, heat of the, the boys and how that race played out in the final uh, probably three hundred meters. Um, you, you know, we the weather looked like it was going to be pretty good going into the day, and uh, we we show up and the the wind is howling, and then it starts to rain and the conditions were just really really tough for the four by eights and probably the first two heats i would say of both the boys and girls miles i think by the time you got to the girls third heat that uh thanks the wind went the rain had already stopped the wind died down quite a bit and it was near perfect and it was definitely perfect by the time the uh, fastest heat of the girls and boys took the track um but it was, uh, I mean, it was, that was just wild. Uh, I, it, we, like you said, we saw everything. Yeah, it was all, all collected into like a three to four hour span. And I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still frazzled by all of it. I went to the, I went to the gas station four different times today. We were talking to you and I were talking on the phone earlier. The boys like to chat on the phone, despite the fact that we went to dinner after the meet. And uh, yeah, I went to, get gas for my lawnmower and a Red Bull. The first time I drove, I didn't have my wallet. So I came back and then the line was too long. So I went to another gas station, got gas, then came home, realized I didn't get the Red Bull. Man, just haven't, haven't calmed down after that last race, huh? No, I, I, I'm on the, the, the Chad Wallace uh, school of trying to, you come home from the meet and you, you know, just, you can't fall asleep right away, but I'm also in the Chad Wallace school of having two kids. And so I just, I was up like right away. Well, one and a half, you know, all right, let's go through. We'll do chronological order, order of events. So in the first race for the boys and the freshmen, 
division. Our winner, Luca Serencione, 452.91 for the full. And it was, I think you used the uh, the verb howling. It was very, very windy early on. It was yeah. almost as windy as it had been in, in 2019 at the start of the race. And then it, it got typically it cool. The, the wind dies down throughout the meet, right? As the day right. goes on sun, and peaks at its mid, that did not happen this time. So that was first heat winner, Luca Serencion. I'd imagine the brother of Jaden Serencion. That's a pretty safe guess, I'd say. Boys, second heat for the freshman division. This is the fast heat. This is a, a future star or a current star, really. I believe he was close to being All-State or maybe was All-State in cross country this fall. Sam Quagliaroli, 437.59. The host schools, Emilio Leal from Franklin Central, 439.03. And from Carmel, shout out, Kiefer J, 439.55. So again, in pretty tough conditions, what do you make of those top three? You know, tough conditions, uh, like you said, uh, Fisher's uh, freshman star, you know, he, he uh, he's obviously had a strong uh, cross country season and he's off to a pretty solid start here uh, this spring. Um, he's a guy who, you know, if he had been listed in that uh, first heat, like not the freshman race, but the, the first heat of the, of the Miracle Mile, I wouldn't be surprised. And he would have been very competitive right in there but this was a good opportunity for him to sort of show what he can do against guys in his same grade level um and just kind of remind everybody just how tough he is but um shout out to Emilio Leal um who ran a really great race and finished right behind him um you know that that's a really good sign for Franklin Central uh in the future um not to miss the fact that they had a, a kid play sixth Evan Farmer um so things are things are happening on the south side of Indy there so um, shout out to the host school for another great event. Yeah, Leo passed Kiefer J in the on the last lap, and they finished separated by about a half second. Potential rematch next week at Carmel. Showcase the freshman. I, you know, I don't the freshman race. I'm not sure if Sam will be in the freshman race or potentially even could be um, in the in the varsity race. Like you said, he he de he definitely would have been competitive in one of those earlier heats. Um, yesterday and, and had the time to get in if he wanted to because he ran under 430 at a dual meet at, at Carmel um, so I wonder if potentially for the 3200 showcase if he'll be in the well one if they come but if he'll be in the uh, varsity heat or the the open division or if he'll be in the freshman race but uh, well, Emilio and Kiefer are both are both going to be in the freshman race yeah and if you're listening to this and you're considering whether or not you want to come or should come the answer is absolutely we'll see you next friday night at carmel yeah enter on mile split you can still listen to the podcast and just just change change tabs get on your mile split account enter your kid for the race that he or she would like to run uh the next event was the girls four by eight we were anticipating that throughout the meet that it would get less windy and if you take from the start of the meet to the end of the meet, that was what happened. It just wasn't very linear. It was a very circuitous route to getting uh, good conditions. The wind started to pick up in the four by eight. The winning girls team was from Chesterton, nine minutes and 51 seconds. Uh, Indian Creek was second in 1017 and Westfield was third in 1022. Pretty impressive time from Chesterton given the conditions, right? 
Yeah, I think so for sure. I think, and you know, that, like you said, I mean, that adds probably what five to seven seconds per, per leg, uh, just yeah. how maybe how was for the boys, for sure. For the girls, it may have been even more, although the boys conditions were worse. So maybe, right. fi maybe five to seven seconds for the girls and the boys. So either way, I mean, it was significantly uh, more difficult than what we expected. Um, but, you know, sub sub 10 out there was really good. Um, you know, this is always one of those things where, you know, who who was running, right? I mean, how deep on the bench do the teams go? Um, do you have uh, a boy or a girl run the four by eight and then come back and race a later heat in the mile? I think um, Chesterton did. I think Ch I think all four of them may have come back and run the mile. Yeah. So that obviously uh, changes things where some of those teams that did run, um, you know, in the four by eight ran, uh, f you know, four, in this case, girls um, who were not competing in the mile later on that night. Um, so, you know, the way we could kind of think about it is, you know, who, who ran their sort of quote unquote a squad in the four by eight and then who ran you know maybe some or gave opportunities to, to boys and girls who uh, may not necessarily be a part of the four by eight down the line opportunities are great no doubt right it's always a great time you know and let's so, okay you brought this up and this is something i was going to say and you, you may not you may not want to say this or whatever but I'll, I'll i'll go ahead and take it anybody who thinks that limiting the number of heats at these showcase events or limiting opportunities is just flat out wrong, right? I mean, it doesn't add to the prestige or the excitement of the meet to eliminate, you know, a freshman boys heat or to eliminate a four by eight or eliminate the first heats of the, the mile, right? It just, no one really seems to benefit. We're not starting the meet any earlier. Uh, because right. we see what the weather conditions are like. We know how difficult it is for uh, schools to travel, right? So not only is it hard for us, us being Carmel coaches who are in the Indianapolis area, who had to get their kids out of school early, right? We had to leave school early to get there. And many other schools did the same, but they had to travel from further distances. They had to leave a lot earlier. Yeah, if you're if you're Floyd Central, you're missing probably half your day of school, right? And that's that's great that that your athletic department and your principal allows that, right? An opportunity for the kids. But so we're not starting the meet any earlier. So it, to say that you know we we need to eliminate opportunities or eliminate chances for kids or really cut back on this or that, that just flat out isn't the answer. And anybody who thinks, uh, and again, I'm not I'm not privy to the financial details of the Flashes Showcase, but on the Indiana Runner message board. Uh, you know, Brian Dunn, uh, who's the former coach there at Franklin Central when he was leading the charge here on the on the flashes showcase, uh, basically showed show the cards right here. Here's what we got. Here's what we do. It's not a money grab by any means to have more kids. It's just an opportunity to be a part of an event that is unlike any other. Right. The excitement, the fact that uh, spectators are encouraged to be out on the track. There's an announcer. Uh, kids, especially in later heats, are announced and all of their uh, accolades are shared with the crowd. Um, that's fun. That's exciting. That's energizing. So if, if you think that maybe we need to eliminate this heat or that heat, or there are too many kids, you're just wrong. And you probably want to stop promoting that to other people. It, it's the, it's the perfect meet. It gives an opportunity to freshmen. There's fre freshman boys heats. It gives the opportunity so, and, and Matt and, and Brian and Eric and the, the guys that have set this meet up over the years, those have been the three main guys doing it. I'm sure there's a lot more people involved. 
they now know, like Matt knows, yeah, 88, we can take 88 kids. That's the max that we can do. And then they have the four by to make it more accessible. So if you're a team that maybe only has one or two kids, but then, you know, okay, we've got our girl, she's in the, the third heat of the mile, but then we're also going to take a four by eight so that more people can go and get, it's the, it's the perfect meet. It really is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's of all the things that need no tweaks or changes. We Franklin central has over the last 15 years, the first one was in 2007. They have developed this meet that there's huge interest, the hype of the meet. There's not, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like this meet. And I, I also think too, you got me going, what time is it? 1030 on a Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Um, that like a lot of the great things of high school athletics and especially like track and field or distance running in particular were on display there that it was a very, very competitive race. The boys fast heat comes down to the last few seconds and these, these guys are separated by tenths of a second and five guys finish within two seconds. And, but also like, it's fun for the kids and the, the you know, the boys get together and they're like, what's our theme. And they had their jerseys and, and things like that, that it's not a zero sum game, the way that team sports might be basketball, football, soccer, one team wins and one team loses. And then, and that's it that, and we're all better, better for having had competition and, it, and it's fun. Right. And, you know, they, the guys come out and they're wearing the kid that won the um, fast heat came out in a Steph Curry Jersey and he's chewing a mouthpiece. And that was its own thing. He had to, you know, call his mom to make sure she could bring his mouthpiece in time. And his brother ran it out to him. And, but like, they weren't taking it any less seriously when the race started that it's, so it's okay to have fun and it's okay to include as many people as you can. And Franklin central has found the way to maximize that. We know the exact number of people that we can take and it's 88 88 boys and girls plus than the two freshman boys races right so yes you're right um let's get into the other races what what do we do girls four by eight just wrapped up girls four by eight so boys four by eight boys four by eight hey we don't celebrate enough it's okay to have fun this is a good example of that carmel your winner our winner shout out 836 Charging very hard on the last leg. Lawrence North, 837. Brown County, 843. Okay, you want to let we got to get into this. And then I don't know if we'll take a quick break or maybe get through a couple of heats of the mile. See how much I got left in this first Red Bull. I actually bought two. There we go. You go to the gas station. I always buy one. And they're like, hey, you know, it's like it's like two for six. I'm like, what? Who would who would buy two Red Bull? What am I? JFK during the Cuban Missile Crisis? How tired can I be to drink two Red Bulls? Today I went in and I just saw the sign that said two for six. And I was like, yeah, okay. Do you, do you think that Kennedy was was drinking Red Bulls in 1962? I, I think he had other issues. Yeah, he, he had other things to keep him keep him going. I, something else, but I think Khrushchev was drinking a lot more than Red Bulls. Hey, anyways, what let's let's talk about the conditions from the boys four bite. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, they, they just kept getting worse, right. Uh, for, for the while. And then, like I said, it, it'll improve later on, but, um, you know, they ran into some, some really tough, you said maybe five to seven seconds. And, um, you probably witnessed that in, in the splits for your boys, right. If, if you're going to kind of see, go into that, but yeah. So we went 207, 208, 207, 212. Yeah. And the 207 has, was 201 indoors. 
Okay, so that adds to the five. And the, the, yeah, and the the two twelve is two oh four in the last meet we had a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was you know that that is reflective in the time, but the competition itself was as you said really strong. You know, with three teams up were close, and uh, you know I came down to the the final uh, final leg there in the, in the front stretch uh, where you did have the tailwind, which was nice. Um, so you know, again, great opportunity for some kids to compete and uh, probably see one or two of those guys in the, uh, at least I'm talking from the Carmel perspective, maybe uh, in, that, in the mile race next year. Yeah, Drew will, I bet. Yeah, we'll probably run him again in the 1600. I don't, this is my coaching corner. You and I can probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. text later about it. But uh, yeah, and it was, I mean, the conditions precluded any kind of, because you'd always like to run fast, right? Especially our guys coming back from spring break and we've got, you know, it's like, well, what's our four bike going to look like for the state meet? Our four guys that run on the four bike, did they all run in the mile? Um, I think we had, yeah, we had six boys. So are any of these guys going to run for us? I'd love to see a fast time, but that clearly wasn't going to happen. I mean, it, it had to have been, I looked on um, the weather undergrounds historical data and you can see, but it's only like once an hour. And at that point, it said the gusts were like uh, 40 miles an hour. I think during the boys four by, I think those gusts had to be over, over 50. It was unbelievable. And, and then it started to rain, which turned into hail. Right. Because our guy, the Grogue Dog, Drew Grogan, Shut up. on the back stretch, he, he opened up, I don't know, like a, like a pretty sizable lead. So he runs 207, but it looked like he ran 158 because he'd opened up this big lead. And he was like, you could just see him turn around, especially in the 800. Where does, in your experience, where does the 800 really start to get tough? Like really, really challenging. At what point in the race? Uh, second lap on the backstretch. Yeah. So 300 to go, which is exactly where directly into the wind. We're yeah. talking 50 to 60 mile an hour gusts during that, most of that race. And he just like, and it just stood him like they didn't stand him up. He just had like literally put his head down and char charged down the backstretch trying to finish it out. Yeah. We never won that race before. And so our guys, our, our guys had fun with it. And afterwards we were it probably looked really stupid. But we were doing the like, like jump up and hit your shoulders. You know, I can, I can still jump pretty well. So no big deal that it was fun. It was fun, but it was, it was the kind of, it was the best race you never want to do again. Yeah, it was a fun one-off. But if if we go there or when we go there again next year, uh, I, if if the weather could just be a lot better, that would be that'd be nice. Yeah, ho hopefully this year we kind of built up some karma for the for the future. Yeah, I'd say so. All right. Well, hey, if you're a Carmel hater, keep you you might want to. You've probably already been skipping ahead, but keep that moving for this next race. Girls Mile Heat One. Not her debut, but her second time she's ever run a mile or 1,600 meters. Shout out, Olivia Sebelo, whose brother anchored the winning 4 by 8 So Sebelo's getting it done on the track back-to-back. -back. I uh, hope 525-28. Go ahead. Yeah, I hope Mrs. Sebelo took him for maybe an ice cream cone when they got home because they both deserved it. They both had a really good day. Oh, okay, we got home at 11 o'clock. I'm not sure what's open. Dairy um, um, Queen is open. Also, uh, it was 60 mile an hour winds and hail. I'm not during the four, but I'm not sure Andrew wanted to go and, you know, it get was a nice soft serve. Probably the last thing he wants. 
So Olivia Sublow, 525-28. Second, Rachel Allison from Bloomington North, 529-45. And third, led most of the race um, before Sublow unleashed her kick. And this was Mary Edwards from North Central, 534-08. So uh, two of those three girls that you're pretty familiar with because you used to teach at North Central and were the coach there. Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, a shout out to Mary Edwards. Uh, you know, you, you come to these showcase meets to, to compete, but you also go to, to run a fast time and, and to try hard. And she, I mean, she got out uh, and she, she went, she put her head down. She wasn't worried about who was around her. Um, and then, you know, the, the other girls were able to kind of sit off the back. And at one point it, it looked like Mary Edwards was going to lead wire to wire. I mean, she had a sizable lead um, with, I would say about, uh, I mean, she was all the way up to probably about 600 to go. Um, things looked really good. And then, um, you know, Olivia Sebelo and Rachel Allison from Bloomington North were able to kind of work together to keep closing that gap. Um, and then Sebelo just has a, a really strong kick. Um, you know, she's a, a really fast 400 meter runner and just, you know, she's, she split what indoors? She split a uh, 57 mid on the, uh, four by four this was at the uh, at the hsr finals right there um in fact 57 3 2 actually is what the exact time is sitting right in front of me 57 3 2 um and then she's uh she went under 220 at the uh indiana runner distance showcase back in february so um she's she's having a really great season and she she was in good position she closed really well and um she got the win so nice job derek leininger would be thrilled Look at this, a 400 runner doing volume, enough of it to win her heat at the Flash's Showcase. Absolutely. Boys, heat one. The times aren't up for some of these. The winner was Narius White. I believe he goes by Nolan, maybe. And I got to click on his time. His time, 426.49 for the full. Griffin Wheeler from Greenfield. I'm like a secret Greenfield fan. 429.48 for Griff and Kellen Hoddle, I believe it is, 430.41. It was pretty windy. I mean, it was windy for the girls and the boys in heat one. It, it, yeah. it wasn't as bad as it was in the four by eight because, I mean, we were actually thinking during the four by eight. I don't know if I was talking to you or maybe Ken, the head track coach at um, Carmel, Ken Browner, but we were starting to contemplate, uh, are they going to need to like delay this? Is it that bad that, which is tough to do because it's, it's scheduled out. And a lot of those kids had already left. Now, if it's lightning, you don't have a choice, but all those kids had already left for their warm up and like, do you delay it a half hour and try to, I don't even know how you do that, but we were thinking it had gotten so bad with the wind and the hail. Yeah. That they may need to delay it. So that, you know, for white from Northview, 426 for the full, we're talking like 425 flat, 424 high for 1600 is really incredible. Yeah, really great run right there. Girls heat two, Savannah Little from Floyd Central, your winner, 515.63. So we're getting into some pretty fast times here. And still at this point, like we said, it's, not ideal. It's windier than, you know, it's still 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. Elia Hayes from Northview. Good day for Northview. 516-16 and Paige Hazelrig from Noblesville. Noblesville also had a very good showing. They've got no real kind of star, but they've just got a lot of really good 
a lot of depth, a lot of five, 15 to five, 30 type girls. Uh, Paige runs five sixteen seventy three, and then Brinkley Cooper, her teammate, was right behind her in five eighteen. Yeah, this race, uh, like you said, was was pretty fast for early on, and uh, it split into two big packs um, at roughly the halfway mark, um, and then you know they just kind of uh, kept rolling from there. Right? Uh, I know Scott Litzkin would be proud to see the uh, the Floyd Central uh, girl get the win right there. So he's. Uh, not a not so secret Floyd central fan. Um, so shout out right there. But like you said, given the conditions in the, in the second heat of the day, that was a, a very, uh, very fast time. Um, so it was awesome. It's good. Here's a name. I'm just looking through the results right now, the live results from crossroads timing. Um, and I, I probably will not pronounce this correctly. Um, Lila Galisi, Lila Jalisi from Laporte, 520. I, I had never heard or seen her name before. 520 for a kid whose name I'm totally unfamiliar with is someone that consistently looks through results, right? Uh, that's pretty impressive. And she I, beat some, there's some good, some really good um, accomplished distance runners behind her who ran well and she finished in front of them. I would speculate that maybe she's a soccer player in the fall and uh, comes out for track in the spring. Um, and if she runs cross country for Laporte this fall, um, that would be a huge pickup for them. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of in the range of, say, the Joey Rostrelli um, girl from Warsaw. Yep. That that's, I mean, that's about that level, that that would be huge for Laporte. And I, they're, they're pretty consistently a contender to make the state meet. Um, yeah. out of that out of that semi-state on, on the boys and the girls side okay those are the first two heats the relays and the freshmen probably spend a little more time on the other heats including the boys second heat that I forgot about until I started going into the break but uh, I'm out of Red Bull so we're going to take a break Are you dealing with a running injury or in need of some treatment? Contact Jacob at Tempo Sports Rehab, conveniently located off of the Monon in the city center of Carmel, Indiana. Find out more information at temposportsrehab.com. And we're back. So eight races of the mile, four boys and four girls and this was a girls first year so girls went first and franklin central does um follows that standard which i really appreciate of if it's a girls first year the girls go first and if it's boys first year the boys go first so we're not trying to like always have the boys go last and consider one versus the other to be the prime show so this year the girls went first next year the boys will go first and the girls miracle mile the fast heat will be last we went through a lot of the races so far. We're on boys heat two. The winner, Cameron Todd from Burbuff. Now, at this point, it, the wind had gotten better. It wasn't quite ideal. It was still having an effect, but probably a minimal effect on the time. Making uh, Cameron's time very, very impressive. 423.93 for the full. So we're talking 422 flat, probably, for 1600. That's a big PR for Cameron. 
Yeah, that's a really big day, right? A, a guy that we've talked about um, quite a bit this fall and, and coming back and to be, you know, impactful for, for Buff, uh, helping them to a, a state title um, in cross country. So that, that, like you said, that was a, a really strong uh, performance out of him. It'll be interesting, you know, for Buff uh, is in a position on the boys side there where they have so many really talented boys. Um, what they decide to do come sectional time, you know, what the, what the path is and who, who does what event. So um, I'd be curious to kind of see what they come up with um, because, you know, it's sort of like a, a dealer. I mean, you could, you could go many different directions with it, with all these guys. So um, yeah, really impressive from Cameron Todd right there. A runner up. They, they've had a really good season in uh, this track season. I know they led for, and I wonder if this is the guy that led off for them from Hanover Central, Bryce Noble, 424.28. So now we're talking 422 high for 1600 and 420 or 421 medal last year at the state meet. Now, some of that is tactics, right? And things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a, a, a really impressive race there by Bryce Noble, someone who's before yesterday whose name I hadn't heard before. Right. And he's from a different but area of the state. Um, a really good race there for Bryce and then charging very hard a 61 second last lap shout out Charlie Ledkey from Carmel 426 48 so I actually did the math on this and it's uh, adjusted for 1600 is 42498 there we go the last night when we were having wings at 11 o'clock because our place is still open shout out we love that place and this this had a a plethora of difference makers on on good teams so there were you know up front for buff carmel multiple kids from columbus north multiple from westfield uh two or three boys from fishers this was not a what you'd think of as a typical like oh, okay it's this it's the third fastest of four heats this had some you know some of these boys are going to make the state meet in whichever event that they choose Cameron Todd, Bryce Noble, um, you know, Colin Lacomic from Westfield was was fifth. He very well could make it in the open 800. Yeah, uh, they're, they're a big four by eight school, too. That kind of mortgages some of your chances to do that. Girls Heat 3. The winner, uh, really fast last lap here. 51233 for the full Bella Hodges. Yeah, she had a great performance right there. Like you said, it wasn't in, in not just the last lap, but she really pulled away the final about 100 to 150 meters to go. Um, I know that because my girl, Olivia Munt, shout out, uh, was second and right there on her heels, and, and Bella Hodges just uh, closed really strong. Um, you know, so great performance from the senior. I believe I saw on their uh, team Twitter account that was a PR uh, for Hodges. So um, she had a great race. And, and Olivia Munt, right from Carmel, second at a 5.15.28 for the full. So that was a, a definite PR right there. And she, she did a great job of competing and running really well. Yep, you said it led a lot of the race or, or shared the lead. Olivia J. Munt, star runner, star student. She was, she was getting the cahoots done first period. And then later in the evening, racing on the track, 515-28 for OJ. Taylor Hansen from Fort Wayne Carroll, 515-93. 
uh, this was a really, the, the wind had started to die down at this point and we were starting to see some really, I mean, that's for Olivia, what's that probably, uh, you know, adjusted for 1600, we're looking at 513. That's, that's probably a pretty decent PR. Yeah. It's a 539. That's about a, a five second PR from her uh, eighth grade time. So, um, you know, really, really good job there. And like I imagine you, for Hodges, probably a PR as well. I mean, yeah, I obviously we don't that. have her times memorized because yeah, she doesn't go to the school we teach at. Right. I think Coach Dodson put that out on Twitter that uh, you know, she had run uh, the equivalent of a, a PR right there in the 1600. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the weather conditions had improved quite a bit by this time. Um, and that's that's evidenced by the results here. But, uh, you know, it, we're starting to see what, kind of what, typically what we would what we'd see. And, and like you mentioned with the other boys, heat here, right? I mean, these are there's some really talented girls in this race and uh, several who will be, you know, state qualifiers and however it kind of works out. And then, you know, many, many names that were, uh, you know, podium uh, girls are contributing to a podium team finish uh, past fall. So um, really impressive. And Hodges probably has a decision to make, you know, does she try the 1600 or the 800? She could probably make the state meet and they're in the same regional, the same sectional and regional as Columbus North. Mm -hmm. So that's going to make it more difficult. But outside of those two teams, I'm outside of Center Grove and Columbus North, I'm not sure what other teams are in there. So she's probably got a good chance to make it in one or the other or potentially both. Although if your, main, if your main goal is the 800, then you probably don't run the 1600. That's a tough double in the tournament. That would be really hard. And I know that Bella Hodges is an important leg on their four by four, um, which also ran really well at the HSR finals. Um, so I'm assuming that will factor in as well. So, you know, again, not, not knowing what she's going to do. I didn't, I haven't talked to her coach, but you could, I could see like an open eight four by four kind of double, um, which would be a little bit more doable. Um, especially if that 800 is her primary, which she is a, a state qualifier in the 800, a state medalist. I believe she did medal last year in the Open Eight. Um, well, then, then she'll probably do that, right? That's probably a better I, event. If she medaled last year, I'd assume, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Boys Heat Three. This was a really good race. Andrew Mangum from Castle charging very hard in the last 100 meters foreshadowing what we were to see another half hour later 421.79 for the full so now we're looking at 420 low for 1600 kyle clark from bloomington north 422 flat so 21 hundredths of a second separating those two and then aiden lord from new albany 423.28 and this is again for a full mile and so it's about a second and a half to adjust for 1600. It's about how long it would take uh, kids moving at that speed to go that extra nine meters. It's the difference between 1600, nine meters versus 1600. Did you, you probably didn't see much of that race considering our girl had just finished the. Yeah, I was sort of debriefing with our girl. So I didn't, uh, I didn't get to see much of, of it at all, honestly. The third heat of each were the only ones where I actually went up in the stands to watch it. So I got a good, I got a good look at this. Sixth place in this race was under 425 for the full. Yeah. That is really um, good. And that was Matt Helton from Zionsville. Andrew Knight from HSE, uh, 423 high. 
HSE's got a lot of depth. They're they're kind of like we mentioned the Noblesville. They just see boys have a lot of depth. They're kind of like the Noblesville girls in the sense that there's a bunch of them that are good and good enough maybe to make their individual race and maybe even good enough to score. But if those, this has been a topic on the on the podcast a lot. Um, you know, if they could, if they take their four best boys and collect them into a four by eight, that's the team probably most likely to challenge Columbus North if the Columbus North boys choose to load up their relay outdoors. Um, and I, I don't know if they will as, as we see what kind of uh, individual talent they have to maybe place really high up in their individual events when we get into the, into the boys fast team. Right. Before we yeah. get into any, anything in general about the meet, before we get into the um, into the fast heats, the miracle mile. Um, no, I mean I think I kind of mentioned. You know, we we've hit on some of the big ones, right? The the level of competition, the weather, the the number of heats and things. I mean, you know, every time we go out there, it's just an awesome day. You know, I mentioned I ran into Josh Horowitz out there, and he he was like, "Hey, man, this is like uh, my favorite day of the year." He was so pumped, so excited. And, uh, you know, you just get that kind of feeling that, you know, this is it's such a big, a big day and a great opportunity for the kids. So. And how much we all benefit from competition and congregating all of them. And, and with the agreement that we're all going to run this distance this week. And this was, you know, this, I think was the brainchild of Eric Kellison and, you know, the mid O's when they started doing this and it just grew organically. There was an agreement among, 15 of the best boys and girls hey let's all go down to franklin central and obviously not everyone came that first time and it's just grown to the point that it's kind of reached its carrying capacity and i we've talked about this early on like there's a lot of work that goes into putting on a meet like this and, and we're doing the same thing next week but we're also able to do that meet and kind of essentially just copy the idea from them with their permission. I, we, I actually asked Sweetman last year, like, Hey, you cool if we do this? And he, he loved the idea, but like, we're, we're able to have that 3200 showcase that all of you should go to next week, April 22nd, in our own mile split. Also, if, if you want to change your athletes time to a projection of what they can do, which we're encouraging you to do rather than just what they have done, you got to click on the time and you can change, you can manually override whatever it is. Um, we're able to do that because this meet is so established and there's no, there's no other or very few meets like this in the country. I don't think. Right. Well, and to that point, these showcase meets are so important. I mean, you, you and I are both really big team guys and we, we think that the whole team itself is really important um, and valuable. But I, I think we, when we in, in track, it's very difficult because um, you know, you've got all these kind of, dual meets and it's hard to find necessarily the the great um, you know hey this team is strong on sprints but but maybe not as strong on distance and vice versa so having these opportunities to say hey as a collective we're all going to agree that we're going to take our best kids and they're going to run this same event and then we can really you know push each other and see some fast times so whether it's the the pioneering flash showcase or next weekend, uh, next Friday night there at Carmel, um, you know, the 32, like, you know, those, those things are, are really important for the kids and for the sport and promoting that. And then it's not so much as a, I wonder what if, but now we know, Hey, under great conditions with the best competition in the state, here's what exactly my girl can run or my guy can run. 
Um, and, you know, I, I just think that it's really valuable and particularly a track and field where, um, you know, we want to compete and we, we want to win and we want to do well, whatever, but it's a lot about time because times are more comparable in track than they are in cross country necessarily. Right. You agree? Right. Yeah. Yes. So that's um, why there's not an INTF stats. Right. Uh, so, but you know, that allows for kids to run fast when they have competition. Right. And we see that um, more so than maybe just, you know, in, in cross country where, because the, the nature of the sport, there are these big invites every Saturday that it is a little bit easier um, or, you know, really it's more about competing. Um, anyway, the, the showcase events are, are super important. It's a great opportunity for the kids to go run fast. Um, so if you, if you have a kid who's got the ability to go and, and run at one of these, or even, you know, look, we're not, we're kind of focused on, on this uh, flash of showcase. We do know there was a sprint showcase last night up at Lafayette Jefferson. So if you have a, a kid who qualify for one of these where they can really kind of be pushed and see what they can do, um, you know, that that's a great place to go and you should do it. I'm going to see your monologue and I'm, I'm going to crank, I'm going to crank it up to 11 here for just a second. Cause you talked about the, in track and field, the team, the team considerations, and there's a bunch of meets and there's dual meets and there's invitationals and there wasn't much else going on last night. There's a few more things going on next week, but these showcase meets are specifically put in place at a time before championship meets, real championship meets where, where it matters, where it, sh where it should matter to your athletic director, what you place in your conference or your county meet, if you have a county meet. Although there's, I mean, there's so few county meets that actually matter because most counties only have two or three high schools anyways. But, and I'm, I'm going to say this and I, I don't start the pot. I don't I didn't start a podcast to talk about the kids that I've coached. And I certainly realized that, that a lot of where I've gotten to professionally is um, it, a lot of it is just luck and good fortune. Right. So I was Rick Weinheimer's assistant coach for three years in college. And I'm Ken Browner's assistant coach now for the last eight or 10 years at Carmel. And I think a, re a, a reasonable case could be made that over the last 30 or 40 years, those are actually the two, the, the best, potentially the best cross country coach over the last 30 or 40 years and the best head track coach over the last 30 or 40 years. And just randomly, I got to work with both of these guys. And so I've, I've coached guys that have a lot of, good athletes, all state level athletes, and two kind of like state championship level guys, one of which won state championships, the other of which is still in high school and is still winning. And so I say this to coaches that are listening to this. It, if, you're, if you're not allowing your kids to go to one of these showcase meets and find out what they can do or you allow them to go with the caveat that they still need to do all of the other team meets, including like, well, we've got to meet on Wednesday and on Thursday. So we're going to need a couple relay legs from you going into it. You're doing, you're doing a disservice to these kids. And so, yes, there's, there are team considerations for all of this, but to get the best team, you actually need to find the right things to do for these individuals and at these showcases, you need to allow them to run these meets to see what they can do, because you you might be asking these kids to sacrifice certain things in the tournament. And so you can't ask them to sacrifice the whole time 
the whole season in an individual sport where you need to find the right things for your kids to do. Right. And so I don't know if that's a, if that's coaching advice or if that is trying to hype up the, the next showcase meet. Um, because I, and I think everybody that, that, that was able to be there was there this week, but you're doing, you're doing your, you're doing your star athletes a disservice. If you say, well, we, we, you can't go to that meet because we have a dual meet the day before, or you need to run in all these and then we'll let you go to that. We need to right. think about doing the right thing for these, for these kids, for these star athletes. And so at the same time, if you've got a, if you've got a major star, like that's, that's like, like an all state level kid. That's like having a really expensive and nice car. It's like having a Ferrari. You don't, don't take your Ferrari grocery shopping. There's very specific reasons to, to get your Ferrari and drive it around. And like, don't, don't take it to Home Depot and load the back up with bags of mulch. Like find the right time to use, to use your Ferrari. You, you could, you probably have a fleet of minivans to do your errands. And that's, that's what you can do with the, you know, with these dual meets and stuff. You heard it here, guys. Do not put mulch in the back of your Ferrari. You want, you want to talk about, and that's Carmel talk. Yeah. Carmel I was going to say, right. Don't, don't I can, if you're going to buy a couple of shovels and Ferrari doesn't have mulch in the Ferrari. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, I'm going to get, we're going to get great feedback on that segment there. Um, let's get into these fast heats and then we'll just, you know what, we'll just, we'll just talk as much as we want. Cause it's Saturday morning and uh, my son stayed his grandparents. And what am I going to do other than I got to wait for the uh, sun to come out and dry up the grass a little bit so I can cut it. All right. I think that the, the outcome of these races was not surprising. Certainly right. not shocking, maybe not exactly what, everyone would have picked but the outcome is the only not non-surprising thing about either of these two races sure so in the girls race winner new meet record holder current state record holder over two different distances addy wiley of huntington north 442.67 let's go top six that was the podium here second karina james lowell 459.55. Right on her heels, Kaylee Palitza, Valparaiso, 459.66. And then there's there were three girls within uh, three quarters of a second. Fourth, Jaden Serencion, Floyd Central, five flat 20. Addison Canablo from Fort Wayne Homestead, fifth, 502.53. Kendall Martin from Burbuff, sixth, 503.47. And they, they award the top six in all the different divisions. So the top, those were our top six from last night. Um, obviously not surprised that, that Addy won. Are you not surprised, surprised by the margin? Um, 17 seconds. Yes, I am. That, that's a big, that's a big gap right there. And she, um, she just put the hammer down and just, and just kept going and went. And I, I kind of think about that in, uh, comparison to the 3,200 at HSR finals um, and that uh, Canablo was right there with her and then started to kind of open up a little lead on Addie Wiley and one that she couldn't close uh, at the very end. 
Um, and I wonder, you know, again, I, I don't know her. I don't talk to her coach, whatever. I have no idea, but I wonder how much that kind of played in with this idea of like, well, we're, we're not going to leave it up to chance again this time. Right. Like we're going to get out hard. We're just going to continue to roll. She said, she said basically something to that effect in the indie star article. And she talked to David Woods. Was okay. Like, cool. Yeah. Last year I let a girl get too far ahead of me and, and the same thing in the 3,200 and I'm just, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. And she clearly, she negative, she got it hard and then she, she ended up negative splitting still. And I, I believe I had her closing about a 67. Um, and yeah, she, and she Pretty just kept putting time on, you know, uh, a field, including several girls who have already gone under five minutes. Um, I, Canablo was, was sort of going with her early, but I mean, Wiley didn't even, you know, give her much of an option. I mean, she, she did not look back and she was just making everybody hurt out there. And then, um, you know, both Corinna James and Kaylee Politza closed really strong um, to move up into uh, two, three respectively. But um, I'm not surprised at the winner, right? We, I am surprised at the margin, uh, at, you know, in which you won. Um, and, you know, that's, I just, it was a really kind of exciting race there. The weather was nice by the end of it. And this is just across the board. Are we surprised? Are we surprised by the times? I'm not surprised by Wiley's time. And we'll get in this, I think, again with the boys. But uh, I am surprised at the times if we look kind of, you know, two through eight, right? Maybe two through two, two through seven. Um, because th those are girls who have been under five minutes. And if going into um, the me, and I think this was kind of mentioned on the, on the preview podcast, right? Um, you know, if you say only three girls would be sub five, I would be pretty surprised. Um, and like you said, weather really wasn't a factor at this point in the race. Um, so that, that part is kind of interesting to me. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering as to, obviously distance runners benefit from competition and all of these girls had run faster this season in races that weren't quite as competitive as this, but they were still competitive races, right? It wasn't, not a lot of these girls ran like way faster in a dual meet or something. It was competitive right. indoor meets. Um, you know, I wonder if part of it is Wiley got a gap and it kind of turned into a race for second. And so even though the winner was way far ahead, it was almost kind of tactical through yeah. the field. Um, I, I think most of these girls probably did have a negative split. I don't think they came through halfway in under 230. Uh, I'm not entirely sure on that though. And I was kind of, I watched this, I think I did watch this one from the start, but once the race was settled, I kind of came down on the track. So at Franklin Central, they've got a winding ramp to get down there. So it, it, I mean, it takes like almost two minutes to walk from where I was watching to, to get down. So I missed about half the race. Um, and the, the weather, the conditions were ideal for that race, but what kind of impact does, you know, you've been there, some of these teams had four by eights or girls in earlier heats, so they've been there for a long time. And we got there at what, 4.30, 4.35, and this race is at like eight o'clock. So you're out there for three or so hours um, they do have some place to go and sit inside, but I only noticed two teams in there and they were boys teams. And what kind of impact is just being out there in that weather 
like, you know, 50 mile an hour wind gusts and it's raining at times and it's hailing, does that maybe have on the kids? I, I don't know. But I certainly think at the state meet, it's like these times aren't going to hold up. Like these girls are going to run. If they run the 1600, these girls are going to run under 450 at the state meet. I, I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, that again, that is what I would have thought going into today as well, but uh, or going into last night, I guess I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I, they'll continue to drop and, and even more so on, on the boys' side because I think comparatively, those times were slower than what we, what we thought we would see. Okay, so you mentioned the boys. We'll get into the boys now. The first four separated by less than a second, 0.99. And the first six separated by just over two seconds. I'm going to go through the, the there, and there's a video on YouTube of it by someone said, like, I think the name is like HCC dad or cc dad uh, hcc H- dad or whatever uh hscc um, dad yes and the the video is titled uh 2022 flashes showcase miracle mile boys heat four does he th- did this dad put up every race then someone just what? sent me the the boy fast heat. he he may have but i uh if that isn't the case i know that on mile split the videos are available for each race so your winner, shout out from Carmel, Cole Matisson, 415.83. Second, Reese Kilbarger Stump, 416.08. Third, Matt Newell, Columbus North. Reese also goes to Columbus North. 416.66 for Matt Newell from Columbus North Senior. Fourth, Ezra Burrell for Buff, 416.82. Fifth, Kai Connor, Westfield, 417.32. Sixth, Nate Killeen, North Central, 417.91. I, I don't think the order is particularly surprising. I don't think that there's anybody in there that I'm shocked that they finished in the top six. I suppose if there was one, I'm, I, I think Nate Killeen maybe exceeded at least my expectations, what do my expectations matter? It doesn't go to my school. Um, of what I thought he might finish, I guess that's maybe the one surprising guy in there. The first four seem, seem right to me. Yeah. Cole, Reese, Newell, Ezra. Um, I'm still trying to make sense of, do you want to maybe do a quick play-by-play of the race? And for, I mean, if someone's listening to this podcast, I'm guessing they, they saw it or at least looked at right. If you're taking an hour to listen to a, to a two, two guys talk on a Saturday morning about it, you probably at least consumed the race in some way, because when you look at the times, the surprising thing is one that, that they're all so close. The other surprising thing is that the times weren't as fast as last year, even though the guys that a lot of those guys that ran those times are back. Right. So, so four fifteen four sixteen for those top two guys does not seem very fast. And I guess I get, I mean, I'm the coach of one of the kids. It's, it's not yeah, a critical I mean, thing. They, 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 they competed, they ran the race, but the times weren't fast. So why don't, can you give, give us a quick play-by-play of the race? Well, it, it wasn't a remember. slow start. I believe Cole Matisson came through with, uh, you know, Reese Kilbarger stump right on him at about a 61. Is that what you had for Cole? Um, yeah. Well, remember they start back. So I think right. it was 60, it might've been 61 for 409. So it might've yeah, been that, like 60 that, right, flat. Right. 
Yeah. For, so, for 400. So in terms of, of why are the times slow? Well, it wasn't like a slow start and then like sit and kick style, right? That didn't happen. Um, and they really, you know, both uh, Matisse and Kilbarger Stump pulled away with a slight gap on, on the field um, until about. Which is kind of what we would have expected, right? These are the two best guys. They're going to yep. finish first and second in some order, which is ultimately what happened. Yeah. It's, it's what happened really kind of after the second lap that was surprising, right? Yeah, by the third lap, Matt Newell had, had moved up um, in, into third. And then, and then at point on the, on the third lap, I was kind of staying there and I was thinking, wow, there's a, there's a legitimate possibility here that Columbus North could go one, two. I mean, because both of their With, with, with really one lap to go, it really looked that way. Right. And Cole Matisson was starting to maybe slide back a little bit. They had definitely opened a gap on him at that point. And this, this is about uh, 350 meters to go. Um, you know, Nate Colleen had moved into fourth then. Um, and he's someone who, you know, obviously I have a lot of familiar, familiarity with, and we've talked about before, who's got a, you know, really strong finish. And we kind of, we're kind of paying attention to what, what might happen here or, uh, how, how things may, may go for the final 300 plus meters. Um, but it really looked like a Columbus North one, two was, was in the cards. And then I was standing kind of closer to you near the start finish line. Um, so I didn't exactly see everything that played out around the, the backstretch and with about 200 to go. And where we're standing, the, your depth perception were what, maybe 20 meters back from the finish line, just, just looking straight down the home stretch. So our depth perception is off. You can't really tell where anyone is. And it, we, we couldn't tell that, that who had pulled into the lead until they basically were at the finish line. Right. And, and it looked like uh, the, the lead was, was going to be sort of insurmountable, right? Like Matisse had, had found a second win. And Cole was was really driving down the, the front stretch there. But it looked like Kilbarger Stumpf just was going to have enough to hang on. But it was at the, at Cole, the very... Cole, looking at the video, Cole was about two and a half seconds back with 100 to go. And he was able to pull it back over that 100 meters and, and close the gap uh, at the very end within the last couple steps there um, to beat Kilbarger Stumpf, who, who maybe didn't, didn't see him out of the corner of his eye. Um, and, you know, Cole out leaned Reese there at the line, um, to win. And that was, uh, the, the, the excitement, but, but the look on your face, do you remember, um, what is that? You remember that like meme from Tom Crean when he was the coach at Indiana and, uh, yes. the player, I, I don't I can't remember who, I can't remember who hit the shot. Oh, it was maybe the Watt shot. This, I think that's what it was. Watt, right? The Watford shot. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Christian Watford, by the way, I was there. It was awesome. Um, Christian Watford nails that three to beat Kentucky there in Bloomington. And there's this shot of Tom Crean's face where he's like, he looks like he makes that face. looks like, Oh, that's sick. Like, he's like, can't believe that you think he's going to vomit there. Colin Altavote had that face for like two minutes after the finish, right? Just could not believe what he saw. He was kind of in, in stunned silence. Um, Cause like you said, from our vantage point, we, it wasn't clear uh, that Cole had won the race um, until the, the exact final times are posted. Um, it, it was just a bizarre 
final 200 meters where, and it wasn't like Reese fell apart by any means. Cole just kept driving and moving. And uh, I, oh man, like I, I'm still not sure what to make of it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, it was, I don't know. I don't know. It was crazy. But and it, every year it's crazy. There's always, it's track and field. We, I was thinking about this as I had parked my car and was walking to go get dinner last night. Like we spend so much time on this kind of stuff, right? Preparing for the meets, going to the meets, watching the races is, is coaches that you want it to make sense. And then on top of that, just in general, kind of consuming the sport and, and talking about it and making a podcast that you want it to make sense. But we, we forget that like, after, like after the state meet last year, it was the, the results of the state meet were unpredictable. And a lot of it was crazy. And it's like, well, we, sh we probably should have seen that coming, you know, with COVID that we just really didn't know what to expect. We hadn't had a track, track meet for state track meet for two years that like, we want it to make sense. And then a lot of times it just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, this is, even though the, the, the general outcome of these were the two best guys and they finished first and second, but just everything that happened in the last 20 seconds, the last 25 seconds of that race were, yeah, you said the Tom, Tom Crean actually makes more sense. I was thinking more of like the Reggie Miller hits the shot and everybody in the place is going crazy. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Like everybody was going crazy and our guys were yelling and there was just me and I did the like, kind of like the Larry Bird looking up at the clock, like, oh, okay, like, cool. I just, yeah, yeah dude, what, a, what an event, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it, there's nothing it like it in the country. To, no, it lived up to the excitement that we had. And, you know, it, it's not like we've talked about reflective in all of the times, but uh, as you said, what we thought would happen, happened just not exactly the same way, right? Um, so yeah, that, uh, it was, it was so fun. Like you said, not, nothing like it. Um, I can't wait for there's only week. one, there's only one thing that comes close and, and that's, the, it's, it's, it's the next showcase and that's next Friday, Friday, April 22nd. It is going to be huge. I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. We'll get to see a rematch from a lot of these, uh, boys and girls returning again. Um, so like we've already kind of said, if you're considering, you know, whether or not to do it, you know, come along, go to mile split, sign, sign your kid up, right. Let them, uh, let them compete against, uh, the state's best, like we saw last night. And, uh, you know, if they're right off that cuff, maybe they, maybe they're in the four by eight. So I am reasonably certain after looking through this from last night, I am reasonably certain that the first 16 finishers in the boys fast heat are going to go and compete next week at Carmel over. So basically same thing. It's just a little bit less than double the distance It's 3,200. And I actually think there's a chance that all of the finishers from the boys fast heat will, will go. There's like three, two or three, four boys that I'm not sure on. Um, and they'd be coming from kind of far away. So actually, as I look through this, there's only three boys that I think may not go of the 21 finishers from the boys fast heat. Not to mention that the a lot of the kids in the other heats are going to go. The, right now, there are 76 boys entered as of um, Saturday morning. And there are 40 girls entered. And I know a lot of people that will enter on top of that. So I think it might be more like 50 girls and like 100 boys, not including freshman boys, which they'll probably be 
30 to 40 of those. Can't wait. Can't wait. It should be really exciting, really fun. And then, you know, uh, that gives us a little chance to kind of take a breather, regroup as we will then move our way into championship season. Like you said, the conference meets, whatever's that, what is that anymore? I have no idea. Uh, county meets that exist. And then obviously with the section, they, so. they can't kick us out of the county. Well, <laughs> I didn't think they would kick us out of the conference. So uh, anything's possible, Colin, who knows, man. Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. Anything is possible. All right, man. Well, I'll see you next week, and I'll see you every day before then as well. Sounds good. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming on. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. (laughs) 